Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. Today is the beginning of a new sermon series. We're doing a sermon series. It's called The Cruciform Life. Shout out to Danny Carey for the graphic. Hey, all right. All right. So it's The Cruciform Life, all right? So listen, this is where we're going to start off on this, all right? We're going to go to Luke, Luke 9. We're going to go to Luke 9. We're going to do verse 22 through 25. That's how we're going to jump into this text real quick. Now, let me explain to you real quick what the cruciform life means. It basically is speaking about a person's life taking shape in the form of the cross. It means the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, it's about a life that is actually being led and being formed out of the work on the cross. All right? So I'm going to actually see if I can give you some concepts of what we're talking about when we speak about this. But there's a, because we don't, we're short on time, there's just a couple things I want to hit. I want to hit what it means to um, deny yourself and to follow Christ. And then I also want to hit what it means. Um, well, never mind. I ain't going to spill all the beans right now. Y'all just roll with me. We'll figure it out. All right. So let me read to you real quick. Luke 9, verse 22. All right. So let me give you some context. Jesus had just is, is chilling with some of the disciples, and he had actually just said, um, he, he asked Peter, he said, yo, who do people say that I am? And some of them are like, yo, they say that maybe you're like a prophet that's coming back for the dead. And, and Peter's like, nah, man, you're the, you're the Christ. He didn't say, nah, man, but he said, you're the Christ. You know what I'm saying? He's like, you're the Messiah, basically. And then right after he says that, these are the words that Jesus says to them, right? It says, Saying, he said, so Jesus is speaking or whatever, right? The verse before it says, and he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, check this out right here, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Let's just pray really quick before we get in here. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Father, Lord, I pray that you will rest our spirits. Give us ears to hear this word. I pray, Father, Lord, that your Holy Spirit have free reign to move around the room. Touch whose heart you would like. Work on whoever, whatever seed has already been sown before we've even crossed paths today, Father Lord. I pray that you continue to do the work that only you can do. Father Lord, all we can ask is that you would help that we can we, uh, communicate the word clearly for people, Father, because the power's in your word, not in our performance, but in your word. So, Lord, I pray that you help us deliver this word, glorify you, and exalt your name high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in this scripture, in verse 23, he says... The first thing he tells them, Chantel is so rude. Mic check. All right. Chantel is so rude. She keeps interrupting me and all that. It's all good. All right. Thank you, Chantel. I appreciate that. I had to say that because I was going to get it later. All right. All right. So verse 23, he says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And he says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. 
For what is a man advantage if he gained the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? So Christ, when he's talking to them, he's making this clear statement to them like, you have to completely turn your back on your whole life and follow me. This is what we saw happen with the disciples. When he rolled up on them and they were fishing, he's like, yo, homie, follow me. They dropped everything and they followed him, right? So when we talk about the cruciform life and a life that's actually modeled out of the cross, we're talking about a life that actually neglects its dreams and aspirations for the will of Jesus Christ. Now, the will of, the will of God may be for you to actually take your dreams and your aspirations and lay them at his feet and use them to serve him and be him glory. But nevertheless, it's this idea of denying yourself and following him, right? So that's what we're talking about when we talk about a cruciform life. And then he says, but whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gained the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? So I want to try to point out some of the practical ideas in this statement by giving an example of a conversation I just had with a friend. So I got a partner that I grew up with, and um, we've been rolling for mad years. We've been to jail together a couple times, whatever. Like last week we went. I'm just playing with y'all. It was back in my former life. Stop judging me. I'm testing your religiousness, all right? So... <laughs> Y'all was up in here like, oh, John, he just got, let me, but seriously, for real. So like back in the day, we used to roll in the streets and we used to do stuff. So he called me a couple weeks ago and he was like, he was literally suicidal. And you know, he's been trying to do the right thing or whatever, but he, he messed around and he got in trouble, um, hanging with some of our old, old, old friends. And he was just like, bro, he's like, man, I'm a mess. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm absolute mess. And he's like, you know, this isn't me. And he was like, I'm just ready to end it all. So I'm listening to him, and I'm like, and y'all going to think this is a little bit insensitive, but this is my homie. I know him, all right? So I'm talking to him the way I know to talk to him. And so as I'm listening to him, I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm like, why don't you go ahead and just, why don't you die then? And he's like, yo, what do you mean? I'm like, why don't you let the old you just die? I'm like, why don't you let the old you die and follow Jesus? I'm like, if you're at your wit's end, let's bury the old you and let's, let's, let's resurrect in, in Christ Jesus and just start following him. I'm like, I've been giving you this gospel for the longest time, but we keep stumbling over this thing that you keep trying to do you. You know, he's like, well, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I tried that. I'm like, nah, you're not trying that. You still think you're good. Even when you're talking right now, I was like, you still feel like somebody else caused you to get in trouble. I'm like, you got you in trouble. And I'm like, come on, bro, you know we're scumbags. Like, we're scumbags. We always have been scumbags. I'm like, but you keep defending your scumbagness. You get where I'm coming from? Y'all with me? Like, let me tell you, listen. My man, when I used to go to his crib when we were kids, right? He used to be selling coke, right? So I would go in the fridge, I would go in the kitchen, I'd be talking with him and his mom, and he used to always keep his cereal inside of the refrigerator because he's like you know I want to have my cereal this way you tell his mom I want to have my cereal cold you know what I'm saying when it hits the milk you know and you know I'm a cereal man I get that you know what I'm saying gotta have the flakes crispy when they hit it you know oh, it ain't right right so but I used to be in his crib and I'm talking to his mom and he'd be eating fruity pebbles and he'd start just pulling out bags of coke and stuffing them in his pocket out the fruity pebbles I'm like bro you are a certified scumbag if you're hiding coke inside of Fruity Pebbles. 
There's no if, ands, or buts about it. All right, this is real life. I'm just keeping it real with you. This is how it went down. And so, but I'm saying all that to say is that I'm like, I'm working at trying to, because here's the thing. I've been talking to him about the gospel for a long time, and I'm praying that this is actually the point where we've hit like some real soil for me to lay the gospel on. You get what I'm saying? Because I feel like before it's landed on hard ground and he hasn't really caught it and he hasn't really listened to it. But I'm like praying, I'm like, God, if he really feels like he's at his wit's end, I hope he's willing to grab a hold of this. Because what it takes to live the cruciform life and this life that follows Christ and has this complete abandonment to itself, it takes for you to die to yourself. It takes for you to take the old you throw them in the trunk and kiss them goodbye and go, God, you lay the path out. Whatever you want, I'm following you. Do y'all get where I'm coming from? So I just wanted to give you the example of that. That's what we were wrestling through. That's where I'm trying to get my brother at. He's not there yet, but I'm still on him. I'm still on him because I love him, so I'm trying to take the long walk with him, but I'm like, bro, you got to die. I'm like, I know you used to be in the game. You used to get money and all of that good stuff and everything else, but we ain't bringing back the old you that was killing it and had the big car and all that. We, we trying to you're trying to kill that dude because it's because the evidence is there. It's been choking you to death all the while. And it chokes all of us to death. It always does, all right? All right, let me jump real quick. So that's 23. That's let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. That's one of the first prerequisites for us to be living this cruciform life is that we've let the old us go to walk into what Christ has for us. I'm going to jump you all up to 1 Corinthians 1, right? Verse 26 through, what are we rolling through? Through 31. This is such an amazing scripture right here. All right? So it says this. It says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose. I'm going to ask you all, who chose? Come on now. Come on, man. Look at this black church up here. Drop this thing. Who chose? All right. All right. Okay. All right. So, but God chose what is what? In the world of shame, who? Okay, so let me break this down for you real quick. But God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. Let me keep reading. I'm going to keep on reading a little bit. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And then it says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that it is written let one let the one who boasts boast in the lord all right y'all got that all right so we're gonna run back through it real quick so god chooses foolish weak low and despised people to do his work that's what he calls so when it talks about people who feel like they are the strong or they are the wise, and it talks about him shaming the wise and, and him shaming the strong. Let me give you a category for what that is. The, the, the wise and the strong are the self-righteous. It's people who actually think that they can work out their goodness and their righteousness before God in their own strength. 
They're people who think that their intellect can navigate bringing them into righteousness as opposed to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Y'all get where I'm coming from? That's, that's, the, that's the wise and that's the strong in their own mind. But Christ, Christ, God our Father, he chooses the foolish, the weak, and low. Anybody in here ever feel foolish? Do you ever feel like in all your trying and striving, do you ever look in the mirror and be like, I just feel like I'm the stupidest person on earth, right? Do you have stuff that's falling behind and you don't even get why it's falling behind and you're like, what in the world is wrong with me? Huh? You got stuff that you're ashamed of, like things that maybe the way you do in your house or whatever because you just don't know how to keep up and you feel ashamed of them sometimes that you just can't get right, all right? We put on our face and walk out in public and try to look cute for each other, but the reality is we're a broken mess. You ain't got to tell me that for me, for me to know that about you because you're a human being, so I already know what it is. You get where I'm coming from, all right? So God is actually looking for those who will humble themselves before him and come into the light with their brokenness. God, I'm a mess. I need you, all right? I'm a mess. Like, I love my wife with all my heart. I tell you all this all the time. But I know with all my heart, I still got to stay on my knees begging for God how to love her properly. Because it's not within me. I'm foolish. I'm foolish. As amazing as she is, I can mess it up in two seconds because I'm actually that stupid. So I'm keeping it real. That's why I stay on my knees. That's why I hold on to Jesus for dear life. It's not a game. Everything depends on it. Not depends on me. It depends on Jesus Christ, his power and his goodness and his mercy to me, right? I've said this before. We don't follow God because we're good, right? He came to us because he's good. That's what it is. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the gospel. So we are, it's okay to walk in the light and be foolish and weak and low. That's what he says in his word when he says, if you walk in the light, my son, Jesus will cleanse you from all your sins. And he says, if you say you aren't a sinner, then you're a liar. He says, you're a liar. He said, I'll have no part of you. So God is not asking for us to hang in the darkness with all our messed up, jacked up ways. He's calling us into the light so he can get busy on us. You get where I'm coming from? So he chooses the foolish and weak and low thing, all right, to bring to not. To bring, to, to shed his light and to embarrass what, what puts itself as weak and strong against his wisdom and knowledge, all right? All right, keep on reading. So God chose, I'm starting verse 28. It says, God chose what is low and despised in this world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Check this out. This is, this is, the, this is the, one of the, the pivotal points of what we would call the cruciform life, right? This, is, this has to be this right here. It says that so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Like I said, this isn't about how good you are. It never was. It never was. God is not naive to where we're at. He's not naive to the depths of wickedness that, that is in our heart and the sinfulness that is in our heart and the sinfulness that surrounds mankind. We haven't even seen what's going on in this earth and how wicked it goes. We're the ones that walk around like, oh, my God, I can't believe so-and-so did that. What? So-and-so got flesh and skin on their body, right? Well, then you should expect it. It's coming. If you get close enough to anybody, you're going to see a monster come out of them because we're made of flesh. God is not naive about that. So he brings his son to do the work, right, to do a perfect work. And he does it so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Do you all get where I'm coming from? All right. 
Those living the cruciform life will never have anything to boast about other than Jesus. His focus is his glory and not yours, but he does say he will exalt those that humble themselves and humble those that exalt them, excuse me, and humble those that exalt themselves. So what that means is that every time God puts us on a platform, our job is to tell everybody who did it, what's it really, what, who it's really about, all right? That's what it is. That's how we lead into this cruciform life. It's this life where it's formed by the cross. We are not, comp- we are not naive to the fact that Jesus is doing everything, that by his goodness, his righteousness, by his grace that we are being saved. So it's always the story. It's always the story. It's not the story. It's never, oh, I was doing my thing. You know what? I was on the other path, and I just, I just felt like I need to switch things up or whatever, this and that. If you tell a story like that, you ain't met him yet. You ain't met him yet because you ain't been to the place where you have nothing left. You have nothing left. Last week, I explained to us, and I explained that there's a bar set right here. And if you can jump up on this bar, then you have righteousness. And the bar is set where we have no mankind, no man has ever been able to reach this bar and get over it. The only person that's ever got over is Jesus Christ. Do you get where I'm coming from? I'm just trying to put it in terms so you can remember exactly what it is and, what, and get what I'm saying. So we can't reach the mark. It's just not, it's not possible at all. So he did the work for us, all right? Now check this out. Verse 30. And it says, and because of him, all right? And because of him. This is beautiful stuff. So roll with me. It says, and because of him, meaning that it's the work of God that your heart is even being drawn to the Father. Because of him. You didn't even have a, there wasn't like a little slight goodness in your heart that drew you towards the Lord. It may have felt that way, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit. You may have been born into the family that was believers, but somewhere along the line, God got a hold of one of their rotten hearts and began to change the trajectory of your family or whatever. But never, do not ever think it is not because of the love and grace and mercy of our Father, right? And that's what it's saying in the word right here. It says, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is, this is the cruciform right here. Y'all ready? This is where it all goes. It says, and because of him, the Father, meaning it's the will for you to be brought into the family, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, all right? I'll slam the mic and break it right now if you don't say amen, all right? I'm just playing with you, but I'm serious, for real. It says, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So when it talks about those who think that they are actually strong and that think they're wise, and you ask yourself like, well, Oh, they do look a little sharp. They are carrying it kind of good or whatever, and you feel threatened by that? This is the, the long arm of the Lord is right here. It's in the scripture right here. Our wisdom is from God. It's in Jesus Christ. It's the work of Christ. This is the cruciform life where everything that, we, that flows out of us flows out of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so it's righteousness, it's sanctification, and it's redemption. And so with our righteousness, we are justified 100% in all our sin in that it was placed on Jesus. So we live this, me and my man, like I was talking about, he lives this scumbag life. Me and him lived it together. We've done much dirt together, right? And then Jesus is on the cross 
innocent who lived a perfect life and the wrath of God that I deserve and that my buddy deserves is being put on Jesus Christ on the cross. Do you understand that? And then the resume of Christ for his perfect walk gets put on me. The scumbag now has a crown of salvation on his head. That's the work that Jesus Christ is doing. Do you get where I'm coming from? I don't know how you've heard the story. Maybe you heard it that, oh, we're the good people sitting in church and we do all the good stuff and all that. No, we're filthy wretches that have been crowned with the beautiful crown of salvation. It's a gift from God. It's about everything he did and has nothing to do with what we did. What we do now is we pour out love and try to lavish people with the same grace and mercy he gave us because it's been given to us as this gift that we did not deserve. And it's an eternal gift. We're now children of God. We're not foster kids. We're not halfway as kids. We're his kids, right? And his word says this. His word says this. It says in Romans 8, it says that if you are mine, you will suffer while you're around here, while you're walking on this earth. You're going to suffer a little bit. But guess what? When he comes back, we're going to reign and rule, and we're going to run everything with him. All right? I seen Puffy with the new Bentley the other day. It ain't nothing. We're going to be rolling crazy, all right? I don't know what they got in heaven, but it's going to be something crazy. I just believe it, all right? I don't know if they got Bentleys there, but I'm just guessing. I don't know, all right? So if, you, if you're in a lemon right now, you're riding a bus, hold on. We're going to be floating, flying, but I promise you God got it, all right? You are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, all right? So we got the righteousness, then we got sanctification, we got the continuing work that Christ is doing inside of us. His Holy Spirit is walking with us every day, and he is not condemning us when we mess up or we sin. He is actually convicting our hearts because he's taking the blinders off of our eyes to now we see the Lord and our pain hurts. A part of that suffering I just spoke about is that you can see yourself. You can see yourself. You can see other people. You can see the sin in the world, but you can see yourself. But, when, but he invites us into the light so you, you can be a mess because he's already paid for your sins. So you can be a mess and say, I'm a mess, and that was hurt for what I just did for you, and that was sin, and I'm sorry. Because God's already covered us, so we're free to walk in the light. We don't have to defend ourselves. And he is faithful. God is actually doing a work that he is going to be faithful to, com to, to complete. So when it comes to the cruciform life, if I can just give you a real quick snippet of what it looks like when you are leaning into repentance for your sin. In the cruciform life, you're being shaped by the cross. So I can spend time thinking about my sin all day, but that just reaps more flesh and more of sin and me trying to fix it. And man, I messed up. I need to fix this. I need to fix this. The cruciform life looks at the cross and it looks at how God fixed it. It looks at how God fixed it already. Do you get where I'm coming from? He fixed it. He did the work. And we get to wallow inside of that and let the fruit of what that does in our heart and in our spirit, and we get to lavish people with that. Do you get what I'm saying? We don't apologize out of self-righteousness because it's the right thing to do. We apologize because God is showing us our sin, and it's a pleasure to repent to people and see him giving glory because of our repentance. All right? It's a very big difference there. And then this other beautiful thing it talks about right here. And redemption. Jesus is God's action plan for saving us. It's his action plan. It's the way he did it. It's through his son, Jesus. And that's why we are his children. And this scripture right here ends with verse 31. He says, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 